love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. into the program this week and so why don't you tell our listeners what you had uh, wanted to talk about today well Jonathan I've just uh, kind of been thinking lately about the uh, the way our society has kind of desensitized uh, all of us to homosexuality and therefore the sometimes realizing that it's not God's best you know I think sometimes our society wants to you know has kind of set it up as one of those very offensive topics that we all have to kind of shy away from walk on eggshells anytime the topic comes up yeah that's right and when it does get brought up then it's like uh it's kind of like we were joking about earlier you know the oh not that there's anything wrong with that kind of Yeah, the old Seinfeld episode yeah exactly right you know it's like trying to help people understand that you know that we do need to keep talking that it's it's not God's best and that any sin is something that we have to address one way or the other and that we may be accidentally allowing people to stay in an in a broken place in their lives or or condemning them to a broken place in their lives if we don't offer them some freedom there well why don't you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about where you you know you mentioned at our gateway workshop sometimes you you have this come up sometimes in your small group and how and we're not going to reveal any sure. identities or anybody's story or anything like that. But just as a pattern, you've kind of seen it happen over the last few years where you'll get, you know, uh, and for those of you who don't know, we do this three-day intensive for men. It's called Gateway to Freedom. And uh, in in that, we've got guys that then break into smaller groups with uh, the counselors. And Lee is one of the counselors in those groups. And so there may be six to eight guys in your group right and tell our listeners what tends to happen as stories start to be told about their lives well i think this is also a great uh, moment to kind of plug the gateway program because it's for guys who have all sexual addictions whether it's heterosexual or homosexual mm-hmm. and so sometimes uh you know for those guys out there who might be struggling with same-sex attraction uh the great thing is is it's a very safe place even for you as well and so sometimes in our group, we may have three or four guys who don't struggle with same-sex mm-hmm. sex addiction, but heterosexual sex addiction. And there may be a couple of guys who struggle with same-sex sex addiction. And so, you know, it's almost like after they get through uh, kind of walking through the group a little bit and how it goes, uh, there's usually a guy who doesn't struggle with that area that kind of says something like, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had really any struggles in that area. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> to right. the guys who've struggled in that. 
but there is, you know, it's it's kind of like that place of I kind of felt like I wanted to kind of address that so that everybody understands there's always something wrong with sin. Yeah. And we must always address it as not a lifestyle choice or, a, oh, you just happen to swing that way or whatever, but more as a, this is a brokenness just like heterosexual sex addiction, but it's a brokenness that leads us away from God's best. And there's this prevalent... Uh political correctness fear that is out there that if you even bring up the topic you had better place a disclaimer on what you're about to say and so you even see that in christian circles now and in those who uh, you know those of us who adhere to the truth of the bible which states clearly that homosexuality is a sin that then we even find ourselves starting to tiptoe around it because of the political pressure and the political correctness that is now associated with the topic that, hey, if you say anything that sounds like homosexuality is a sin or it's not God's best or anything like that, you are now a bigot. You're a, right. you're a homophobe. You are a hate monger. And it's and, and you know, it's a it's a it's sort of a twilight zone era to live in right. now where the truth is the truth makes you a hate monger. And and what I what I hope that by the end of this broadcast, what our listeners get is that the truth is not uh, the, the truth does not make a person a hate monger. the The truth is what will set a person free. That's right. And and so there's a while the society and and politicians and everybody that's associated with sort of the the gay agenda will try to make somebody who's telling the truth out to be a hate monger. The God of all truth has a very positive message for those who are even struggling with homosexuality. Absolutely. But it doesn't start with saying homosexuality is okay. Right. <laughs> or is long, okay, if you happen to make that choice, then that's okay with me. Right. Because I think it's interesting because as I was just sitting there listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, if we really look at sin as sin, which is what it is, if if we knew someone whose sin was thievery, you know, they steal for a living, and you're sitting at a table with about six or seven friends, and he happens to pipe up and say, oh, yeah, I robbed the local, uh, you know, appliance mart the other day, and I took the three microwaves, and that's how I'm uh, buying you all pizza tonight. I had some extra cash left over. Uh, would we say, well, you know, I've never really had a struggle with stealing, but hey, as long as that's okay with you, you know, mm -hmm. I don't think we do that. I think we would say, wow, I can't believe you stole. And I think it's the same thing with homosexuality. It's not that we would kick him out of this, the house. It's not like we'd say, get out of here, you sinner. God hates the stealer, you know? Right. Because we have lived through that with the homosexual agenda. There have been other opposites that have, that have said things like God hates fags and those sorts mm -hmm. of things. Well, we're not there anymore. But we can't water down God's view of sin and even homosexual sin. Yeah, and I think that's that's where it gets to be um, it's such a volatile issue is because what ends up happening is there the desensitization that happens over time. Where And it's interesting because even in the Bible it says, hey, in the end times good will be called evil and evil that's will be right. called good. And so we're even seeing that now where things that, have been clearly shown as being wrong, you know, sinful, are now, at best, a gray area. Right. And so what's happening is just culturally we're seeing this shift where what God has declared sinful, we're seeing as, that's well, not so bad, it's your choice, it's not a big deal, and why are you such a hate monger and why are you such a homophobe? 
Right. And and you know I think it'd be helpful if our if for those of us for those of our listeners who are actually maybe new to the program for you to share even a little bit of your own history so to kind of give a little bit of credence and credibility to where you're coming from sure. on this so that people can can know what well, what are these guys talking about who are these guys what gives them any say in this in this debate sure well sure i mean i don't mind uh giving a quick testimony i mean i came out of homosexuality uh about 11 years ago um you know started feeling it that feeling like i might have been that way around 10 or 11 years old uh started kind of dabbling around in porn found porn uh then ultimately found uh, anonymous sex in public restrooms with other men and that led to uh oh probably seven or eight years of just broken sexual behavior uh tried to get married at one point married uh lost that marriage because of uh, homosexual sin uh struggled for another couple of years and then kind of god set me down and freed me and uh and it didn't kind it didn't happen in two years <laughs> it took a good while to, to happen but so i have come out of that background and uh, being set free and realizing that you can be completely set free from those uh, sinful desires and, and that sin, that brokenness, uh, I, I think that's why I have such a heart for this topic because I see guys struggling with, is this right? Is it wrong? Does God care? You know, does he see me as a sinner? Does he see me as okay whether I struggle with homosexuality? If I live in the gay lifestyle, can I still be a Christian? Uh, do I want to still be a Christian even if I struggle with homosexuality? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. And it's such an, if we know, you know, those of us who know the truth, how ambiguous it can be in this society of us as we look in on it, imagine what it feels like to that guy who's really struggling with it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for our listeners to know that, that, you know, we're not, you're not just a guy that's got no connection to this. You right. you have no history, and and I, I think that is important just because um, there are those out there that have no true connection to this in a in a uh, an emotional or an experiential kind of way, and they're just out there. They are giving hate language towards this and the whole God hates fags kind of thing and sure. all that, and not clearly communicating what the truth actually is, which is, you know what, God is a holy God, and therefore anything that is sinful, anything, whether it be homosexuality, whether it be stealing, whether it be lying, whether it be gossip, and yes, that's one of them, gossip. Sure. You know, all of that falls short of his perfection. Well, and even on a bigger level to me, I mean, just the way I began to feel it is, is yes, he's a holy God, but he's also a loving father. Mm -hmm. And as a loving father sees his kids, like any guy out there who has kids, he wants the best for his children. And that's the key: is that his his holiness, while it does, ha- it, there is this sort of separation effect between sin and God's holiness. This holy God, who's also a loving father, made a way for a reconnection, for a connection right. to be made. And so I, I want to, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's right. And so I want our listeners to know that, you know, with all the language they may be hearing in this very heated debate on a national level where you've got you've got those that are pro-gay agenda politically and you've got all these other religious fanatics that are just they're just fighting with each other. If you kind of transcend that argument and see that we have a holy God who loves us like a father, 
then what you see is that it's not so much that he is looking at those who are sinning in the homosexual lifestyle and um, and condemning them without hope. Right. There is a condemnation on them like there is on any other sinful person. Sure. But that is that can be erased through the simple gift of life through Jesus Christ. And and then there's that that um, that uh, regeneration process. There's that there's that transformation sure. process that happens. And so I just want I want the listeners to try to be catching a vision for the fact that yes, homosexuality is a sin but not one unredeemable by a holy God. And not one that causes anyone to lose their salvation. Right. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so I am not proposing that a guy or or anyone out there who happens to struggle with homosexuality or has chosen homosexuality as a lifestyle they choose to lead, I'm not saying that they are therefore now not going to heaven and their salvation is lost. I'm saying as a sin, as all sin is, and if God's love for us is so much like a father that he really wants his best for his children, then if we are talking even to a Christian friend who happens to live in the gay lifestyle or a non-Christian man who's openly gay and has no bones about it, either way, if we don't offer some truth of God's best there rather than just saying, hey, as long as it's a, that's what you choose, that's up to you, mm-hmm then we are really not offering them the God's best there. We're, we're offering them less than God's best. Well, and that's why I think it's so important that we, we try to help people. And, I mean, I, we don't have the, the, uh, the audience in terms of um, the numbers that some of the national networks and things like that, but we're hoping that just, the, just those who are listening today, that somehow our voice would be able to penetrate through to where People can start to reframe this debate and say it's not about it's not about hate. Right. It's it's about the idea that there's this God who loves us and that He wants to transform us and that He doesn't um, He doesn't do that by by fear by guilt. But it's the idea of saying I have something so much better for That's you. That's right. That I'm not going to I'm not going to be content with leaving you there. And I really think if people will see that real compassion comes through telling the truth, not appeasing someone's or, or condoning someone's sin. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. Is it compassion? Would you be considered compassionate if you, um, like your example about the thief, would it be truly compassionate to him and all the people that he's taking advantage of to just go, oh, no, that's that's cool. That's your choice. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. Or would it actually be more compassionate to stand in his way and say, wait a second, this is absolutely wrong. Right. You are hurting yourself and those you love, and you're hurting other people because you're you're abusing, you're, you're using other people. Right. That's the more compassionate thing to do, to tell somebody the truth. Now, I do think there are people out there that are maybe not telling the truth in the best possible way. <laughs> sure. They're telling it in an angry way or they're telling it in some sort of condemning way. Right. And it's like, well, that's not the truth. Well, you know, I, I agree. Having come from that life or been in it for moments and throughout my through years in my life, you know, this it really is not about trying to condemn someone. You know, yes, on one end of the scale, we have God hates the fag. On the other end of the scale, we have God loves everyone. Be gay. He made you that way. 
I think all I wanted to try to do was offer a, the place that I think is truth, which is right in the center that says, God loves you just the way you are. He just doesn't want any of us to continue in sin that keeps us from the best he has for mm-hmm. us. And it doesn't take away your salvation. It may condemn someone who chooses to not believe that God loves them because they're gay, because sometimes people believe that. You know, they feel that, well, God's not going to love me because I'm gay, and so therefore they never accept Christ. And so there could be there we could be condemning someone by not sharing the truth with them. Mm -hmm. But the truth in love is simply this. Homosexuality is not God's best. It's not something that someone is okay if that's what you choose. It's really just that it's not it's not God's best for you. It is a sin because sin is that illegitimate way of meeting a legitimate need. And God has something legitimate for that person so that they can meet their needs in his best way. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, we have to look at it in terms of if you, if you frame it according to the truth, that homosexuality is a sin. Well, really, what is the root of all sin? It's pride, isn't it? That's right. I mean, pride is ultimately us saying... I want to live independently of the God who created me. Sure. And and so if you look at it that way, I think it may start to become clear. Because in, in any way in our lives in which we say, I'm going to do it strictly by my own wisdom, the way I want to do it, whatever feels good to me, I want to be in control, I'll set the agenda, I'll set the course. Sure. Anything that falls into whatever, any of those parameters is sin. Sure. And to wrap that up in in words for maybe those guys out there who are non-Christians that happen to just catch this radio broadcast, which I hope there are some sitting there listening, is that, yes, sin separates us from a loving God, but a loving God always has a way to Mm -hmm. meet you wherever you're at. He's never once said he, he doesn't love you, and he's never once said, I can't be close to you as long as you're like that. I came to him with all I had, which was just a momentary glimpse of saying, I don't think this is right for me and I don't know how to stop it. But if you do, you can. I'll, I'll give you whatever I've got. And so some guys may say, I don't even know what pride is. I hate my life. I don't like living this way. Or some guys may say, I don't think it's pride. I'm not choosing to sin against God. I was born this way. And so if that's where you stand, that's okay. Just mm-hmm. come to him and say, you know what? open my eyes if there happens to be something better out there for me. And he's good enough that he'll do that. Yeah. And what would you say then to those who are, you know, those who really struggle to to dive into this discussion, whether it be those who are, quote unquote, happily gay, or whether it be those who are um, truly homophobic, <laughs> truly struggle with it. Because, I mean, you've even seen that, and we've even seen that some in the Gateway Workshop. Sure. You get guys get in this group, and all of a sudden they hear somebody's story of homosexual brokenness, and they go, ugh. They're like, I don't, wow, what do I do? I don't know what to do. So so what would you say to either side of this that are really kind of on the fringes about inviting them into this discussion on truth, about about homosexuality being sin, but about there being a loving God who does not abandon those that he loves? Well, I guess I'd offer to the guy who's the militant gay out there who's saying, this is who I am and I'm never going to change and I don't know why you're trying to change me, is that I'm not trying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not my effort is to change anybody. It's my effort to allow you, if you ever do decide that this isn't the life for you and that if you ever do have those moments of 
of discomfort that says, wow, maybe there is something better out there for me, that you don't have to do the work, mm-hmm. that God's pretty good. And some people disagree with me there, but I really think he's pretty good at doing the work for us. All he asks us for is a crack in the door that says, okay, if there is something better out there, show me. And I think he's pretty good at following up with that. So I guess that's what I'd tell that guy on that end is just, if you ever do have those momentary glimpses of just, there is something missing here and I'm not completely as happy as I always tell everybody I am, that God will meet you in there if you'll just crack the door open for him. The other side of that, to the militant uh, homophobic, (laughs) I'd probably say... You know, you're probably scared because something has either scared you in your past, because that's sometimes what we find, is the guy who's the most homophobic is the guy who either was somehow sexually abused by a male or had some sort of same-sex touch here, you touch mine, I'll touch yours kind of experience. Uh, and so he feels so adamant that he's not that way that any, any even speaking of it scares him to death. Mm-hmm. And so he usually fights hard against it. Either that or maybe he was raised with a, a parent or something that never wanted his boy to grow up so no sissy, you know, kind of thing. And so if that's the case, I just offer to him, it's unlike, it, that it's it's not like any, uh, it's, excuse me, it's like every other sin. We all have sin that we have to struggle with. Yeah. And it's the same thing for this guy as it might be for him, a different sin. But his fears are what he needs to look at there. It's what is he most afraid of. And you know what's interesting? What I've what I've found, and you've probably seen this too, is that it's interesting to me how there's actually similar fears on both sides of this sure discussion. Fear is a big ingredient in this whole discussion. Because I've seen I, I've seen plenty of guys who are who are in their happy gay lifestyle that are afraid of making authentic friendship connections with a heterosexual male because hey the and this this could also explain why there tend to be very well formed uh, cliques and and homosexual groups and um, uh, communities and you know organizations and everything that are very all homosexually oriented. Sure. And and even in that, it's sort of it sort of isolates them from just having any other types of friendships and and sometimes there's a fear factor on that side sure. the same as there's a fear factor on the heterosexual side and what all we're offering here today is to step into the arena of truth and say listen are we going to are we going to tell the truth and and what you might find is in the truth on both sides of this discussion if you'll enter into the truth both of you will have to look in the mirror amen i mean this is this is what truth causes any of us to do. We have to look in the mirror, and what what's going to be glaring back at us is someone who struggles with sin. Right. And and that's the issue. We need to be able to say, listen, sin is sin. Homosexuality is sin. The the sin that is in my life is sin. The sin that's in anybody's life is sin. And so we need to be willing to be, I think, compassionate enough in each other's life. If we see somebody that's clearly walking in sin, the compassionate thing is, I need to share the truth with you. Sure. Because that's compassionate. That's saying, I need to share the truth with you because there's a God who loves you unconditionally. That's right. And he doesn't want you to continue 
to live in sin because he's got much better things for your life. That's right. And also remember, just as God does it, he never barges into our lives without us talking to him and getting to know him. And he takes us very gently into places where we begin to trust him. And I would just offer this to any guy who's thinking, well, you know what, I do have a friend of mine who does this or who, who's in this lifestyle, and maybe I should share the truth with him. Or maybe, you know, I should share it with the guy who I work with who I hardly know. Just be careful that you always establish a relationship mm -hmm. first because you can't just walk up and start telling somebody what's wrong in their life unless they can respect you and trust you that you really have something good for them, that you're not just some guy off the street. God God does everything with us in relationship. Mm -hmm. And we can't just come around. That is judgment if you go around telling people you don't even know what they're doing wrong. They have to somehow see who you are and be able to trust that you're you've got something for their in their best interest. Yeah, I th and I appreciate you clearing that up because yeah, I do not want people to think, hey, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go down to the local gay bar and walk right. in there and no, 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 no. That is that's the worst thing you can do. It's the whole billboard guy or the whole you know picket you know turn or burn guy. I that's just don't right. think, um, you know relationship is the key context in which to be able to compassionately tell the truth to someone. Which really comes back to our original premise, which is this sin is un, is just the same as all other sins. Mm. And so if it really is, if I saw some stranger on the street saying, you know, sinning, I'm not going to race up to him and saying, stop right. sinner, or you're going to hell. You know, I'd want to have to, I'd want to get to know him first and be in relationship. And then when God leads me to help him to see God's best. And that's all we're saying here today. Yeah. So I guess where I'd like to leave you guys is just thinking of trying to have an invitational environment when it comes to this topic. What we tend to have is more of a divisive uh, demeanor regarding this. And what I'm inviting people on both sides of this discussion is what if we could have more of a conversation rather than a combat Let's okay. have a conversation, and the key here is let's have a conversation that we're both willing to look at the truth. As long as we stay in the truth and don't just kind of skirt around the truth by saying, oh, but not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. No, we want to hold to the truth That's and right. let that be the bottom line. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it